Welcome to Explorers Wanted. We are a weekly Numenera actual play podcast. Except for this week, we are a The Stars Are Fire one-shot podcast. I am your humble GM, Stace Babcock, and with me today is Samson Davis. Hey, how's it going? Sorry if I'm a little tired. I've been without power for a couple days, and it's fatiguing. Alex Finn. My house is perpetual big dick energy, and I don't know what to do with it all. <laughs> and Daniel Anderlich. Everything is different, and I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's it like to be over there on that side? Um, I'll let you know in a little bit. Yeah, let me know at the end. <laughs> Do you have any questions about these strange rocks in front of you with the numbers on them? No, those I recognize. That's <laughs> that's money, right? Uh, <laughs> actually, it's a snack. Oh, okay. Yeah. As usual. Children do not eat your dice. No matter how pretty they look. And of course, there goes some neighborhood dog barking, so guess who's gonna start going off and go (laughs) apeshit soon? Alex, you don't have to go apeshit every time the dogs bark. (laughs) Listen, this is my territory. Uh, I told you, Big Dick Energy House. I will show them who's got the biggest. Tonight, the four of us are without Marietta. She... Yeah, she may return. We're not sure what happened to her, where, you know, that dimension door went, but she'll be back soon. We are sad. So tonight we are going to play a one shot of The Stars Are Fire, which is Cypher Systems sci-fi setting. And this setting is about uh, three or four hundred years in the future. It's hardish sci-fi, but it's got some fantastic elements, some of which we'll be getting into tonight. And... Really, the thing that you need to know about this setting is that 10 years from the time of that our one shot is taking place, 10 years ago, the Earth went quiet. All communication shut down and this sort of dark cloud covered the entire Earth and 10 billion people were never heard from again. Anytime a ship goes beneath the clouds, it doesn't come back. So that really made humanity, which had spread throughout the solar system and had even managed to leave the solar system, take kind of a step back. Although there is advanced technology, there are only seven faster-than-light vessels, and our one-shot tonight starts on one of them, the XK Astra Goodspeed. And all three of your characters are crew members. You work for this corporation and you crew their faster than light ship. So what I would like to hear from you guys is an overview of your character name. What do they look like? And then uh, give me a quirk and what your character spends their downtime on the ship doing uh, with the other two characters. So how would Samson, your character, you know, if you're kicking it with Daniel's character, what would you do? So in fact, we'll start with you, Samson. Why don't you tell me about your character? So I'll be playing Stella Kotov. She is a graceful explorer who loves the void. Um, her on the ship, she's kind of the technician, high-risk maintenance. She loves the void, so whenever there is an extravehicular repair that needs to be made, she is the first one out there fixing it up. Stoked for the void. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm sorry, every time I hear vehicular, I only know it as vehicular manslaughter. I'm like, whoa. Mm. It's on brand. That's worrying, because you're playing a pilot, so... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a spoiler. But, mm. Whoopsie doodle. What does Stella look like? She is, I would say, average height, thin, kind of short blonde hair. I don't know the actress's name, but she's in Tenet. Kind of that face. 
she's Russian, so kind of thin, a little hard, like, uh, use your imagination. What's her quirk? What's her deal? Good question. I'm going to say she has a bit of a sweet tooth, and <laughs> every now and then kind of filches a cake or two from the kitchen. Okay. Just, just feels the pull. Loves the void, loves the chocolate, you know? They do go together. It's a good pairing. <laughs> yeah. She likes to snag Twinkies and then just, like, pop into her spacesuit and just, like, drift out there and just munch on them and just chill. Okay. We'll go through the other characters so that you guys have a little better idea when you decide on your downtime activities. So, Alex, tell me about Mox. So, I'm a weirdo, and I really loved one of the characters Stace made, Mox Arul, who is a risk-taking explorer who pilots Starcrafts, you know, with a technology pilot flavor. So, a little bit about Mox's backstory is... They worked as a small-time criminal operative until you were caught and served some time in jail, after which you tried to go straight. And so I like that idea with, except I'm throwing a little flare of, Mox is actually a bookworm too. Like, what you do in prison, you read. Because I think they've taken out the weights so you can't kill each other. So you can't get hard, so now you get smart i'm gonna let that one slide uh daniel tell me about your character <laughs> oh no i am playing tamara Karaith. she is a doomed explorer who murders she works security on the ship she's tall red-haired she has a slight scar very faded on her neck and uh, her quirk is that no one is allowed to touch her neck especially her throat at all that is strictly forbidden and will get a very furious response. She currently works security on the ship. But yeah, so she is, uh, she's always wearing on her right hand a power fist. And uh, yeah, that's, that's Tamara in a heartbeat. Her, Tamara is convinced that at some point her past is going to catch up to her. And because of that, she's always on edge. Yeah. Frickly hard to get to know. All right, so you a funny thing about faster than light travel in this setting is that it is point to point travel. So once you ignite your dark drive, you sort of disappear from space here and appear in space over there. But you have to be at least two astronomical units away from a large gravity well in order to do so. And so it takes you 80 days to get that far. So during those 80 days, you have a lot of downtime. So what I want to know from Stella Stella, what do you do if you and Mox have the shift off and you're kicking it? What do you guys, what do you guys do for fun together? Well, Mox is trying to convince Stella to play pub trivia with them. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> uh, is it like uh is it like fifteen years out of date? Like it's from before the earth went quiet? <laughs> yeah. Come on, this one's this one's super fun. It's all about these things they call Big hair bands. (laughs) Those who had the biggest hair were the best. Mox, please, I do not want to do this. It's like a 70s game of Trivial Pursuit. (laughs) Mm. I do not know who this uh, Timberlake is. I do not know. I don't. (laughs) Must we? (laughs) Well, that's how you learn. You play the game and then you learn. They found an emulator for Smash Brothers in the mess. Please, can we go play that instead of this trivia? 
But we've already learned Smash Brothers. What about the knowledge? Listen, you took away the weight set. I will not have you take away the knowledge. That wasn't me. I did not take away the, the weight set. Okay. Are you going to fight tomorrow over weight encumbrance? I'm not. <laughs> Do not speak her name. She will hear us. She always hears us. And speaking of Tamara, Tamara, what, uh, what does Tamara do with Stella if they end up with the same shift off? Very little. Tamara is pretty sure that at any point something's going to go wrong, and she very rarely relaxes. The closest thing to relax is when she's forced into hibernation for the actual jump, because she doesn't have a choice there. She watches Stella. Stella, I don't know if Stella would make small talk with Tamara or not, but... Tamara kind of keeps her distance, and for the most part, she she only interacts somewhat rarely. Yeah, I don't think she has any activities that she does with other people, per se. She's She tends to try to stick to herself, unless there's a situation, in which case she's very quick to take charge. Okay. Yeah, I feel like Stella and Mox are definitely more work friends. Like, they didn't start hanging out to each other their routine just kind of matched up and then they just kind of spent a lot of time with each other and then in each other's company was kind of part of the routine at some point Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah so does mox ever try to engage with tamara or yeah i think mox is just kind of being that annoying person with so what have you what have you seen like what planets what systems have you been to? What new things? How'd you get that scar? Can I touch the scar? Please let me touch the scar. I just want to feel the scar. Don't touch my neck. Very sensitive about my neck. I just want to know what a scar feels like. and I've never seen a neck scar before. I could help you with that. I mean, we could go get Stella and try that. I would also like to see how they're made. <laughs> also doable. <laughs> I imagine Stella like, kind of walks into the room, hears his conversation, just like 180s, backs out. <laughs> <laughs> like Grandpa Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we know why Tamara spends her time alone. Mm-hmm. And this is a routine thing that the crew of the Goodspeed does. You transport settlers out to the far-flung world. And this particular run is out to the Proxima Centauri system to the main planet there, Idris. Now, these settlers on your vessel normally have to pay hundreds of thousands of lumens to get a ride. But since the event, colony living has gotten very hard. So a lot of people are paying for replacements, to come replace them on the colony so that they can get released and come back to the solar system. As you help these settlers get ready for sleep, because everybody must be in a deep and dreamless sleep while in dark space, otherwise severe neurological damage can and, well, does occur, frankly, does occur. You know, they're, they seem fairly poor. They're not the, the normal people who have a lot of cash or who are well-funded by a corporation that you're used to transporting out there. But you're getting more and more people like this, so it's not unusual. And this is kind of where we're going to go ahead and start the one-shot, is as you, the crew, start to settle in to where you would normally enter sleep for your dark space trip. The passengers, they all have their sleep sets on. They're in. The passenger area on the vessel is sort of tucked away. It's 
they don't really have a reason to come out of their area, and so they don't. Actually, for everyone's reference, I am about to give you, because you are used to the ship and you are crew members of the ship, I'm about to give you the layout of the ship. Which planet are we going to again? Idris. So hot. I know. So sexy. It's not a pleasant place. It is the largest. There are about 20,000 people there. And more and more are coming back. In fact, it used to be that you would have full trips out every single time. And now you have full ships back as well, full of passengers. All right. So for the purposes of going into sleep, no matter how long objectively a trip takes through dark space, it always feels like four hours to the people aboard the vessel and to the ship's system. So every time you come out of dark space, you have to recalibrate ship time. But you know from experience that the trip out to Idris to someone watching from the outside takes five days. And, and the time it takes doesn't seem to really relate to distance or anything like that. It's kind of once you find the points that you want to transition from and the point that you want to transition to, it's just consistent after that. So you're about ready to take a four-hour nap. Now, because you are a crew, you don't actually go into your crew bunks. You don't go into your staterooms. You have designated areas on the ship where you have someplace you can lay down or sit down and put the sleep set on. So that way, if you need to awaken due to an emergency, you are right where you need to be. So Mox, you are in the pilot seat in the bridge. Tamara is actually just in the common area. You just lay down on the couch, the crew common area on the first level. It's right by the airlock and the locker. It's in close proximity to the passengers. So that's where uh, Tamara hangs out. And then Stella, you are actually in the lower level in the electronics bay. There's this almost drawer that pulls out low on the wall that's a little cot. And you don't you can crash in there if for some reason you have to monitor something closely at night, but it's not where you usually sleep. Its purpose is to give you a place to lay down during dark space transit. So you put on your sleep sets and you get comfortable in your spots and you hear the captain come over the loudspeaker and say, Attention all personnel, we are ready to enter dark space. Your sleep sets must be green before the ship will transition. Sleep sets are going green in three, two, one, and you're asleep. Now, here's the thing about the sleep sets. This is, and not to make you jealous, Samson, the best sleep. One thing about using a sleep set is when you wake up, you are extremely well rested, no matter how long you use it for. But it's a deep and dreamless sleep, with the exception of Mox. Now, Mox is the pilot. So it's not a great idea to have everybody completely <laughs> asleep. So part of Mox's extensive training, and one of the reasons that despite their criminal background, they were hired for this role, is Mox has the ability to essentially drive the ship on autopilot. And so the sleep set puts most of Mox's brain in like a deep meditative state while leaving awake the parts of her mind that are only needed to operate the ship. So Mox isn't really aware. It's it's like her body is is the muscle memory is taking over. So yeah, so you sleep, it's the same as always, and four hours later, you wake up. And I am going to start with Stella. Stella, you wake up, you open your eyes, and the first thing you notice is that the ship is dark and that it is on backup battery power. 
Mm, uh, this, well, uh, oh, oh, uh, was I alone in Electric Bay? Yes, you are the only person in Electronics Bay. The ship is lightly crewed. Okay. So the map tells me that I am next to Dark Drive Power Plant and the Maneuver Drive, so I'm going to, I guess, do like a diagnostics round through Electronic Bay, see like what electronics are on, see if anything is explicitly broken. Yeah, so you're on the lower level of the ship, so the power plant and the dark drives and the newer drives are so large that they actually go up through both decks. So the engineering level above you is also in contact with those, but you can see from where you are that the power plant has some extensive damage. You can kind of smell burning of of the plastics and, and wire coating. Can I tell what kind of damage? You would have to inspect it more closely. Okay. I'm going to pull out my hand scanner and start striking to see like how this power plant got uh, got a little roughed up. Okay. The hand scanner, and it's and you're an engineer, so that'll be a six. Yeah, let's roll that straight for now. I should shut up when I say that. Two. Yeah, so you can clearly see some of the damage from, you know, in between panels. You can see that something has been burnt with this power plant, but you can't tell exactly what components it's damaged. They're in a little bit too deep for your scanner to really get a sense. And the output from your scanner is just a little bit too obscure for you to get the whole picture. How does uh, intership communication work then? You have your comm badges. And they work throughout the ship through relays. Okay, so kind of like a Star Trek thing, you just kind of like yeah. hit the thing and then it just works? Yeah. Cool. I'm going to then call up to engineering, just be like, engineering, man, what's, what, is, what is happening? Why is the power fucked? You hear nothing back. Hello? And- but then you hear static, as though somebody's trying to transmit. And you hear three long periods of static followed by three short periods of static followed by three long periods of static oh and that's where we're gonna move the camera from stella over to mox so mox you wake up you're in the pilot's chair as usual and the first thing you notice is the view screen the very large view screen that typically dominates the bridge is off This usually doesn't happen when I wake up. I think Mox is going to try and turn it back on. You know, like nothing's wrong. It's fine. Well, so one thing that Mox would know is that the dim yellow running lights means that the ship is on battery backup power. And so Mox would not necessarily think it was a good idea to try to turn unnecessary things on, but... If you think it's necessary to turn on, I just want to give you the context that Mox would have. No, no. Save the power. Try not to kill everybody in their sleep. I think Mox is going to try and get Stella on the line and, you know, see what's... Why is there no power, Stella? Yeah, so, and you know there's no power. You're looking at your control panels, you know, your command console, and everything's off. So you hit your... You try to make that transmission, and you get... No response. And Stella hears nothing. Okay. Uh Uh-oh. I guess Mox will try and reach engineering. Uh, Although I will correct myself and say that Stella does hear static across the line, as would have Mox when Stella tried to transmit. 
So is it that same pattern? Would Max be able to figure it out like it being Morse code? Oh, yeah. You guys are very familiar with the SOS signal. It's a nautical classic. Mm. Yes. Okay. So it's like, that's the SOS signal. What is, what is, are, are, are we smart enough to know this? Yeah, so I'm going to back that up a little bit so it's a little clearer. So we'll just say that because you would have heard the SOS signal that comes through before you attempt to make contact with Stella. So now you could choose to make contact with Stella after that. Yes. Mox is going to try and reach Stella again. and So the SOS stops when you attempt to transmit because two people can't transmit across the badges at the same time. But every time you stop attempting to transmit... We still get in SOS? The SOS signal comes back. What kind of future is this? <laughs> My future. <laughs> so would Mox know if it's an okay idea to let the ship keep autopiloting? And go find Tamara. The ship isn't moving. Well, if it's not moving, Mox is getting up to find Tamara. Because this is a security issue now. Okay. I think this is a security issue now. I think so, yeah. yeah. As you stand up and move toward the door, you see that a additional bulkhead has slid down in front of the bridge door. And you realize that not only is the ship out of power, it is in a security lockdown. Ah. Tamara, beat me to it. Okay, so at this point, we'll go ahead and transition over to Tamara. Tamara, you're on the couch in the crew common area near the airlock. You're in the vicinity of the bridge door, and you can see, you wake up and you see nothing except for the, the dim lights. It's dark. You know you're on battery backup. Oh, shit. Here we go. So she is going to, I assume that we're all waking up at the same time in principle, right? Yes. Okay. So, like, the scenes are actually happening simultaneously. Yeah, and that's why it got a little bit confusing with the comms, because this is all happening at the same time. Okay. So, Tamara is going to get up. You know, the crew common area is right by the bridge. So, she's going to approach that door, because it's probably the closest place she could go to find out what's going on. Okay. And I assume she sees that bulkhead? Yes. Okay. So, if it is a... It is locked down, so she reflexively checks her weapons and starts looking around is do i see any other like security bulkheads in place yes you would have seen a security bulkhead down into the airlock mm -hmm. and you can see the bridge bulkhead as well as well as the captain's stateroom bulkhead door they are all on security lockdown okay i'm gonna head back in the direction of engineering okay so as you move down the hallway and you turn to what would be your left in this case, you see an additional bulkhead at the end of the hallway that kind of marks the space between the passenger and crew areas of the ship mm -hmm. and then the uh, backup CIC cargo bay and engineering areas of the ship. So there is a bulkhead door there as well. Right. Otherwise, the hallway is empty. Mm. But the other, the other rooms don't have any security lockdown in place. Every, the ship is in full security lockdown as far as you can tell. Every single door and bulkhead that you can see is locked down. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm saying. So I am probably going to reach to tap my communicator and probably, I would assume that's when I hear the SOS. Yes. So I guess if there is an SOS going there, 
presumably, since I would assume that we all know Morse code. You know SOS. Mm, okay. It's kind of like today, right? Like I, we all, all four of us know what SOS is. I didn't have to explain what I was getting at, but I don't know any additional Morse code. Mm. Kind of a relic. I was kind of hoping for it so I could make up stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. So I'm security. Do, would I be aware of any way of opening stuff from lockdown? Yes. You would know that it takes the captain to, the captain can raise lockdown on their own. Otherwise, it takes two crew members in either the bridge or the backup command and control, which is kind of a backup bridge, together to lift a lockdown. Okay. So I'm going to go over and listen carefully at the captain's door to see if I can hear anything inside. Yeah, you, you just don't hear anything. I'm going to pound on the door. There is no apparent response. Awesome. Okay, so now I'm going to take us back to Stella. So Stella, you've heard the SOS. You hear a ton of static and coming in and out. And then you hear the SOS, but then you hear it go three long bursts, two short bursts, and then nothing. It stops. Question about the map. What do the red and purple circles mean? So in the electronics bay, there is a hatch up to the engineering section. And then there is a mm. small maintenance airlock. That is the purple one. There's a small maintenance airlock that leads outside the ship. All right. And while the... Is the airlock blocked off? Yeah, so the hatches don't have bulk additional bulkheads that come down and secure, but they are electronically locked during a lockdown. Electronically? All right, so I guess Stella is going to try to access the hatch between electronics and engineering. Try to get up there. Okay, so since the ship is low on power, the electronic lock is simply mm -hmm. locked. There's doesn't appear to be a good way to use the electronic lock itself using your badge or your, your biometrics to unlock the hatch. So it's going to have to be done mechanically. You're going to have to take something apart. All right. She's going to pull out some like tools and I guess try to access wherever the mechanism is to pull this thing out. Okay. So for that, I need first to figure out how to take it apart. It starts as a 12. All right. Could I make an argument for spacecraft maintenance or machines yes. training? That's nine. Also, one thing I do want to tell you all is that you're in a ship and you're in a fully stocked ship, okay? So there might be something more specialized that's not available, but if it would belong in an electronics bay or if it would belong in engineering or the armory or whatever, it's probably there, unless it's something pretty mm. fantastic or expensive. Could we even get to the armory, though? Uh, not. You could potentially, eventually. Mm, gotcha. Okay. Okay. I'll roll it. Eleven. Okay. Yeah, so you know how best to take this thing apart so that you can open it up, but it is going to be a six might to open it up without assistance. Okay, so could I, since you said there should be tools or something like that around here, can I get like some one of those big ass wrenches and like try to like use that as leverage on some part of it and then? Yes. 
put in an additional uh, level of effort to give it to make it a freebie. Okay. I do that. So it's heavy, but you do it. And you pop your head up into the engineering bay. And now we are going to come back to Mox. So Mox, you attempted to make a transmission. You see the security bulkhead. So there's more than one way out of the bridge. There's that bulkhead door that you would normally use when it's not locked down. And then there is also a hatch down into the survey array and lab, which would be sort of the same story. So I'm taking that the purple circle goes to the purple circle and the red circle goes to the red? Yes. Purple circle probably goes up and out of the ship. Yes. Since that's on the upper level. And then the red circle in the bridge goes to the red circle directly underneath. Yeah. So the hatch in the bridge goes down into the survey array and lab. Okay. I think Mox is going to go for it. Okay. So that is a 12. Figure out the best way to do it. I know Mox has some training in mechanical repair. Yes. Okay. That's a nine. You have mechanical tools. I have tools, specialized mechanical repair for my equipment. Yep. So that's a six. Yay. One of us might move or one of us might die trapped in a small space. Why not both? Why not both? Ooh, getting freaky with it. 14. Okay. So you figured it out, you see how to do it, and it is going, because you're above and you can get a little bit more leverage, you don't have to worry about it crashing down on your head, it's just going to be a three might to get this thing open. Okay. So that's a 16. Okay. Too easy. Yeah. I'm trying to, like, plan out, like, how we're... So, Mox getting into the survey array and lab, can they get out of the survey array and lab? Or is there another bulkhead in the way? There is another bulkhead down below. But I want you to go ahead and give me a perception check Mm -hmm. of six. Okay. Fifteen. On the underside of the hatch, you see what appears to be faint scratch marks scored with blood as though somebody attempted to claw up through the hatch. Oh, oh, oh. Mox is shutting that. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) (laughs) seems like a good idea to be like "Mm, no okay oh dear oh no yes that is the exact expression oh oh, no oh no 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 all right i'm gonna go ahead and move the camera over to tamara so i can't access anything like the gallery or mess or anything like that right no not without finding a way through there's these bulkheads on everything what about this lift on the crew common area. There isn't a bulkhead in front of the lift, but it is not on. Do the lifts in the ship work like a elevator now where there's a shaft and the car itself moves? What else do you think it should work like? I don't know. Sci-fi. Yeah, I think it works. In my mind, it looks like a nor- it works like a regular elevator. Or maybe it's a platform instead of a car. But if you had a cool idea, I wanted to hear it. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to try to pull open the lift and try to see if there's a way that I can go down the shaft of the lift to the lower level. The, sh- the lift, in fact, is a platform and it is already down on the lower level. Nice. Okay. So I'm going to open the lift then so I can try to... So it's just a platform. There's no door or anything like that? No, there's a... So there's a door. You had to open the door to get in and now you have to mm-hmm. open the door to get out downstairs if you manage to get down 
Oh, okay. So I, I was able to do all that stuff. No rolls. Okay. I see. So I will open the door to try to get in. To the lower level? Yeah. Okay. So the lift doors are not bulkheads, and it's not that hard for you to open it up perfectly within your capabilities. Okay. I am going to, because I'm always nervous, I'm going to be stealthily moving along the lower levels because something is wrong. Okay. So as you come out of the lift, you're right by the comms array, Mm -hmm. which is to your left. And then you have a small brig to your right, which is where you put people in sleep storage if they're bad. And then you have a hallway that leads down toward the survey array, the regular lab, and yeah, so which way do you want to go? So I'm assuming that all these other rooms that you've mentioned have full bulkhead lockdowns. Mm-hmm. Okay. I am going to, again, as stealthily as I can, try to move down to look down the long hallway that would like back towards the backup CIC to see if I can see anybody moving around. Yeah, so as you look down the hallway, again, it's empty. But as you approach, you can see very clearly blood on the floor as though someone was dragged through the hallway and into the med bay. So another question for you. I see an entrance to the armory and a door between the armory and the med bay. I do not see a direct hallway access to the med bay. Yeah, there would be a direct hallway access to the med bay. Is it in a bulkhead lockdown situation? The med bay is not put on lockdown in an emergency situation. Okay. So I am going to sneak up to that door and see if I can detect anything. Yeah, so the door on the med bay is transparent, and you can see through it. You can see that the blood trail continues and goes around the corner, and in the back you see a pair of booted feet. Looks like what a settler would wear on one of the recovery cats. Mm-hmm. And that's as far as the blood trail goes? Yes, you can see the blood trail goes to the cat. From my experience, how loud is the med door when it opens? It's well lubricated. Okay. Saves. Uh, <laughs> I didn't say anything. Uh, it's a wet-ass med bay door. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So I'm going to try to slip inside the med bay again, stealthily. <laughs> Giggity. <laughs> okay, so go ahead and give me a 12 speed for stealth. Okay, so I am trained okay. in stealth. So that's nine, and I'm going to spend some effort. Bring that down to a six. That is a seven. Okay, so you manage to open and close the medbay door silently or open the medbay door silently I guess I won't assume that you closed it and are you walking up to the figure on the bed? I'm not walking straight to it I'm deliberately trying to find a spot where I can see more of the room Okay so essentially the medbay has an autodoc one and a recovery cat one and the autodoc is straight ahead when you come in the door the cat's a little bit further down But there's no real around the corner. There's like a a desk for medical records and a a little supply cupboard across from the cat. Is the auto dock activated? The auto dock is not activated and it, you don't see any blood at least on it. Okay. 
I'm going to move a little bit closer to the cot. I'm not going to get super close to it yet, but... Okay. As you approach, all of a sudden you see tension snake through the body on the cot, and they snap their head out, and you hear yelling. You hear this settler scream, I have seen what I was not meant to see, and they're angry, and they're angry, and they have visited this punishment upon us. And then he sort of sighs and collapses back onto the cat. Okay. I've had worse hellos. And the, the settler doesn't seem aware of you at any point. Oh, so they didn't even say it to me. They just got sat up and yelled it. Yes. And as their body moved, as they snapped up, you realized that they are restrained to the cot. Oh, that's good, because that was what I was going to do next. <laughs> okay. Okay. So. I'm going to check the cupboards or anything else, like any kind of evidence that anybody else has been in here or anything like that. You just assume that someone else must have been in there because there are medical supplies that have been torn out of their package. The person on the bed has received some sort of wound. They are bandaged in places. So someone else was here giving this person some sort of treatment and restraining them to the bed. Okay. Can I get to the armory from here? Yes. And one thing that you would know is that while the bulkhead doors are very difficult to get through, they're actually not as difficult or they're actually more difficult to get through than just the regular wall. They're more to completely prevent being able to easily go through a door. So Mm -hmm. theoretically, the med bay can access the, the armory through part of the wall. Okay. Mechanically speaking, would I think that my monomolecular blade would be able to cut through the wall? Would you think it? It's basically anything level four or lower, so it depends on what you think the wall. Oh, yes. It could eventually cut through the wall. In fact, it could eventually cut through just about anything on the ship. Okay. But it's going to take you some time. Right. Well, I doubt the med bay has tools for cutting walls open. No. So I am going to start working on going to take a while. We can roll a, a speed and then see how long it would potentially take. Okay. How well you could sort of decide where best to cut and things like that. So there's going to be 12 speed. Okay. 15. Okay. So yeah, you identify the the joists on the wall are the best places to try and cut through the wall. The monomolecular blade is also pretty tough to use and see and use with precision because it is a monomolecular blade, right? So, but you manage to align it all and you estimate it's going to take you probably five minutes a side to, to make a door. So five minutes, three-sided square if you're cutting it out from the floor. Okay. Yeah, I'll do that. All right. And we're back to our engineer, right? I'm trying to go in order. So we're back to Stella. <laughs> and Stella just opened the hatch into the engineering bay. And Yeah, and before I pop my head in, I pull out my photon pistol and then pop my head up with the pistol at the ready. Yes, and you come face-to-face with a slack-faced, dead-eyed settler. I'm probably going to shoot it, just gut reaction, because... Okay, I... There's just, a, there's just a face, and then... I'm not a soldier, I'm an engineer! Like, fucking... Yeah, it's not moving, you shoot it. Okay, does it continue to not move? It continues to not move. Excellent. More confident. She fully enters the room. All right. And as you enter into the room, you see that there is the settler dead in front of you. And you see, as well, additional damage to the power plant. 
As you look through the rest of the space, you also notice that the first mate, who also serves as the chief engineer, Chief Engineer O'Rourke, is sitting at the maneuver display with their sleep set still on. Okay. First, I'm going to check what I now see is a definitely a dead person. Can I see what killed it, like, besides my spazzy pistol? Uh, you can tell that it died from bleeding from the neck, but to tell exactly how that occurred, I'm gonna need a medicine roll of 12, or biology, if you got it. Nah. What about Pilates? (laughs) Man, I don't like having only 9 intellect. This is a weird character to play. So I'm just gonna roll that and get an 8, so... All right, you see the the neck wound. You see that this dead settler has hands that are stained up to the wrist with blood, but you don't really know what happened here. Tomorrow would have the answers. She's our pro neck wound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess I'm going to search the engineering bay a little bit more. And I'll also kind of, if I can, at the maneuver desk, maneuver drive desk, see if I can get like a system time because if i see a first mate still in the chair have the four hours passed or have we woken up early i guess that's the question i'm trying to answer okay so you approach the the first mate from behind and as you lean forward to check the desk you jostle the first mate just a little bit and they flop forward completely limp and that's not supposed to happen when we're in Dark sleep? No. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. You particularly notice the blood dripping from the first mate onto the maneuver display. And that's not supposed to happen when we're in dark sleep? (laughs) 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 Cool. (laughs) I will look at its neck and expect to see the same thing. This seems like a very clean neck wound. Like, it was intentionally afflicted with a blade. Wow, Stella, you are quick to disassociate with corpses. <laughs> it's always an it. <laughs> it's always an it. So Stella's, got, Stella's got a dark path, too. You look at the system time display, and there is no display because you're on backup battery power. Cool, 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 cool. Samson, did you just solve the puzzle? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Unless... none of you have solved the puzzle. We were asleep all along? Hmm? <laughs> You never woke up. This is all a dream. All the crew members stab the dead body. <laughs> it's like lost all over again. This is purgatory. All right. So then I guess quick cursory glance at the power plant on this side. See if I can get more information on what destroyed our generator. The only thing you can tell looking at it is that the, the damage seems distributed throughout the power plant. Okay. So you suspect some sort of whole system failure. Cool. What does the maneuver drive do? It controls the sublight engine. So you have your dark drive, which gives you point to point over great distances. And your maneuver drive is what you use to get from the corporate dockyard to the transition point. Then making sure that I'm the only living human in this engineering bay, I'm going to go to the bulkhead and see if I can. If, is there a panel that I could try to open the bulkhead or this but particular bulkhead with you're in the engineering bay so you have heavy equipment like you have cutters you have whatever Mm -hmm. and all you really need to get through this bulkhead door is some time okay 
So I guess let's let's roll uh, an intellect, see if you can select the best tool for the job. Well, um, what I wanted to know if there was like a security panel or like a door access panel that I could try to open it. Just there's a button. It's it's rarely locked from the inside. But I can't use that panel to access to uh, open the bulkhead. It's just a button. Oh. Like you don't need to input or scan. Like it's easy to open engineering from the inside, typically. Oh, okay. All right. As of right now, you suspect it doesn't work because you're in lockdown. But. Yeah. Okay. Then yeah, I will go to, I guess, the beefy laser cutter that O'Rourke doesn't let me play with that often and try to open up hole in the bulkhead. Okay. Let's see if you... Just give me a 12 intellect to see the best way to do it. I will put a level of effort into this one. Can I add spacecraft maintenance to this? Or No. Yeah. I think. I think that would be applicable. I mean, you can fix it, you can destroy it, sort of thing. I like that. I meant to that. Yeah. So it should be a six. Yeah. <sighs> Nat 20. Okay. So <laughs> what would you like for your major effect? I want to, I guess, I probably can't do this silently, but I don't want anybody else to have be able to hear, like, maybe like a quick meteor shower comes in and the, there's like a dull roar throughout the entire ship that covers most of the cutting sound. Yeah. Because I don't think I can do it silently. I just want to do it stealthily, if that makes sense. Yeah. So with bulkheads throughout the ship shut, unless somebody's standing right outside this bulkhead door, you're going to be able to get through it without alerting anyone. Okay. Whether it helps or not, I don't know. One would help. I mean, because of your ma- major effect, like I am... But I think that somebody right outside would notice a laser cutting through the door. Maybe they're on a phone call. I don't know. We don't judge. Maybe they're playing Candy Crush. Okay, it's a major effect. Very well. You (laughs) alert nobody as you cut open this door. But nobody is on his way, so you better watch out. Yeah, nobody's on his way. (laughs) All right. So now you're through the door? (laughs) Alex, we're going to go back to Mox now. So you've slammed down the hatch. Because you're scared. No, I, maybe not. But what, regardless. No, Mox is scared. Like, fuck that. Mox is scared. I'm going to give Mox as a pilot a few facts, okay? So you know you have a couple of problems, right? Your comms aren't working, and you are trapped within the bulkhead, uh, or within the uh, security shutdown. However, Mox would realize that The badges are not necessarily electronic. Well, they're electronic, but they're not reliant on ship technology to function and talk to each other. So something else is going on within the ship with these communication arrays. And that although the bulkhead is closed, there are various parts of a ship system that are required to run throughout the ship, bulkheads down or not. Mm -hmm. For example, air. So, like, an air vent. Yes. Max, I guess, is going to take an air vent to try and get out and find at least Stella and Tamara. Okay, so you know that the computer room gets warm and requires a lot of heat, requires a lot of air to help keep it cool, so you would probably think that that's the best way to go, although there are smaller, harder-to-get-through air vents through the bathroom, a.k.a. the fresher. Hmm. I guess we're gonna go to the computer room. Or you can go down the hatch, like it's already open. 
But there are scary things on the hatch. Wait, do I have a weapon? I do have a laser photon rifle. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm just now imagining Mox waking up, like, clutching a rifle. Like, Probably like a rack on the wall or something. Okay. Because I'm not seeing an easy way to get out of the computer room into anywhere useful. I guess Mox is grabbing their rifle and going back down the hatch. Oh, okay. I mean, cool. Yeah. Carefully. Like, Mox okay. is readying an action to shoot somebody if they grab Mox. Okay. Go ahead and give me a nine stealth. Yes. Eighteen. Okay. You climb down the ladder into the survey array. You look around. You see the various sensor stations the laboratory equipment used to analyze geological samples, things like that. And go ahead and give me a perception of nine. Oh no, this is where I die. Eleven. Yeah, so you hear in the corner behind some specimen crates, heavy breathing, and you smell something not great. Mm. How is this? We could back up that hatch. Pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think... Mox is nearly as nimble as Chacha, who could probably get back up the hatch and do some weird gymnastic bullshit to shoot while suspended in midair. Just to ask, like, what is the smell that she smells? Like, it's not great, but what is it? Oh, like a bathroom. Like a oh. porta potty. Freshman old guy's dorm. I gotcha. Sure, like that. Like somebody, you know, ruptured the intestines while ripping somebody open. You know what that smells like. <laughs> Okay, Mox is gonna try and kind of stealthily skitter to advantage point where they could try and sneak around to see what's behind the box. Okay, give me nine. Speed. Fifteen. This is so nerve-wracking. Okay, so you pie the corner, right, and you creep around, and you see... Survey technician Bertie huddled in the corner, hugging his knees, tears streaming down his face as he stares at you in fright. And in that moment, you realize exactly what the smell is. Oh, poor Bertie. And Bertie looks at you and says, Mox? Mox, is that you? Yeah, yeah. What's happening? Why have you shit yourself? Why are we in lockdown? They got out. I, I don't know how they got out, but the, the, the passengers got out and, and, and I killed one of them. It happens. There are plenty of people who will come to replace someone. It's fine. We're fine. But why did you shit yourself? <laughs> well, first of all, the bathroom's all the way over there. I was hiding over here. And second, <clears throat> I had to fight a, a, a deranged passenger. He almost killed me. And he points to like this, the tiniest scratch on his chin. Oh no, not that. Anything but that. So you're saying the passengers woke up, went crazy, one gave you a paper cut, and you killed them? No, this is a scratch. The, it was hand-to-hand -hand combat, Mox. It, I, well, I shot them, but they're over there. And you see where Bertie points, and there is indeed a body over amongst some of the other boxes. Does it look like it was taken out by Beverly Hills Ninja? <laughs> 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 I'm laughing, but I don't know what that means. That's okay. It's a terrible old uh, reference. Uh, it's a good movie, though. I need to watch that again. 
okay, Birdie, you get the fuck up the shaft, hide in the bridge, and I guess I'm going to find Tamara, the one you know who's supposed to be killing everyone? Yeah, no, I haven't seen anyone. You're the first person I've seen. Well, other than, you know, the passenger that I killed. Listen, get our story straight, self-defense. They had a gun. It was fine. It was self-defense. I'm wounded. Just say they had a gun. We'll write it up like that. Everybody will say you did the right thing. Well, I woke up and they attacked me. They were already in here. Sure. She's got you, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, was it lockdown when you woke up? Yes. So they got in here sometime and either caused the lockdown or they got in while we were in lockdown. Yes. Well, I think it was before. Because you know that the ship is designed for the crew to wake up mm. on lockdown. And we're supposed to stay exactly where we are during lockdown. I don't, you're moving around. I don't know why you're moving around. Because we're without power. I, I mean, yeah, that's weird. I mean, you could stay here and keep shitting yourself, but there's no <laughs> dead bodies in the bridge. I'd rather stick with you. I think Mox gets the expression of, I guess I just want to meet S.H.I.E.L.D. Does not say that out loud. I want to be behind you. <laughs> and I... <laughs> I want to be very clear exactly where I'm going to be positioned at all times. <laughs> and I guess we're going to go check the dead body. You, uh, or Birdie leads you over to the dead body and points and says, it was, it was trying to get into the bridge. Oh. Yeah. And I woke up and I screamed and then it saw me and it came and it, it almost killed me. Ken with the yit. Yes, that grievous wound you have. Yeah, I took a picture just in case. <laughs> For the insurance guy? What? <laughs> For the report. Workers <laughs> <laughs> um, comp, man. I guess Mox is going to see if they notice anything weird about the body, but Mox doesn't have any skills in medicine. So I'll just tell you what's apparent, and then you can tell me if there's anything you want to investigate further. So this person, clearly a passenger, and their fingertips you see are indeed bloodied. It does seem like they were the one that were scratching on the underside of the hatch. And the birdie shot wasn't great. You would think it wasn't very clean, but it did manage to nick an artery beneath the arm, and this person eventually let out sorry i'm just like mentally picturing with the major arteries i'm just like it's oh it's it's here it's the brachial artery the shot looks like it went kind of almost between the arm and the chest but it managed to to get that artery okay don't ask me anything else (laughs) okay (laughs) ever (laughs) ever no more questions i'm tired of your questions i guess that sounds weird, but I think Mox wants to check what, like, their eyes. Okay. Mm. Go ahead and give me a, a 12 medicine or biology. Not 20. Okay. What would you like their major or your major effect to be? I guess Mox is trying to look to see if there's, like, any sign of, like, trauma or, like, oh, man, this person is clearly on the drug. Just, like... Any signs of trauma or just crazy that you can see via eyes? 
you realize as you're looking in their eyes that you don't see any obvious signs. But I will say that with your major effects, if you would like it to be this, it would be that you have some sort of method, something you found in the survey lab that's going to allow you to look, to examine the eye more closely. I don't know what they're called, like an eye light. That sounds right. You know what I'm talking about, the, the doctor thing. Yes. I don't remember what those are called either. You hold open the eyelids and you peer into the eye of this settler and you see pretty clear indication of optic neuritis, which is an inflammation of the optical nerve. And since you got a natural 20, you know that that can be a sign of neurological degeneration of some kind. Mox is going to quick do the same to Birdie. We are looking at the eyes. Go ahead and give me a, well, no, you just don't see it. It's just not there. Okay, so Birdie is safe. We do not have to kill Birdie. Um, okay, I guess this is a bad batch of settlers and they all have gone crazy, or at least this one went crazy. So you did have to kill him. It's fine. We're fine. Um, this is not a bad publicity. This is going to be good PR. We did not let crazy people off the ship. Okay. Uh, whatever's good for the company, I guess. So, and then at that moment you hear SOS signal start to come across the comms again. (sighs) That's not you making the SOS? No. It's someone else. And honestly, we're not that far from the from the comms array. We could probably get in there and see what's going on. Let's do it. Mox is going to try and get to comms array. I'm not sure how we're going to do that, though. Okay. So while you're figuring out the best way to try and get through the uh, bulkhead or out of the survey array lab, we are going to go ahead and go back to tomorrow, who we left off cutting into the armory. Mm-hmm. Is that done? Yes, that's done. Okay. Do If I peer in, do I see anybody in there? No. But to your extreme horror, you see that somebody has been in there. To what extent? It's like, is, it, is it just a few missing things or a lot of missing things? Almost every backup pulse rifle is gone. You estimate a dozen or so are missing. Some of your crates have been moved around. And there is a missing set of power armor. Well, that's not good. (laughs) It's going to be fun. Shit. Is there anything else significant in here for me to find? So I would say, because you are in security lockdown still, that there are a lot of different sort of military hardware. There are some breaching kits and things like that. There are sonic grenades. There are uh, anything up to... Nothing really heavier than an assault rifle or a pulse rifle, right? You don't have any real big guns. You have another set of power armor in there, several grenades. Well, I'm going to put on the power armor if there's power armor in there. Okay. Let me look up the power armor so I am ready. Why is it showing me pocket? This PDF hates me. (laughs) (laughs) So the power armor does take a little bit of time to get into, but we'll just move past that. So. You are into the power armor. You have access to grenades, breaching tools, needlers, Mm -hmm. ammunition. Yeah. Yeah, I'm grabbing whatever I can reasonably carry. Tamara's not fucking around. Like, she's going to assume that she's not going to be able to get back to the armory once she gets going. 
So anything that she, like, whether it's grenades, whether it is, you know, the pulse rifle, like whatever, but anything like needlers or things like that, that she is going to load up on, especially like grenades and things like that, that she can toss to get over an edge. Okay. So. Because she can't trust anymore ever since she tried to help her friend's kid. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. Okay. So what you in fact (laughs) have is a deluxe battle suit. Mm -hmm. And it is plus one to armor, an additional three armor, in addition to the usual three armor. So you have four armor total. uh, And then it just encumbers as medium. So a nice, you're a explorer. So unless you have trained with armor, it's what, plus two to speed effort? Plus one, I believe. Cool. So you're kitted up. Are you carrying, like, are you carrying bags? Like, are you putting stuff in bags to carry out? Or is it just sort of what you can use yourself? It's stuff I can use myself. I'm not stocking up for, like, a a coalition. Just enough that I think I could get away with. Going full Arnold Predator. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, be putting like mud on my face, things like that. Cool. So, yeah, I'll have to not do the mouth to click on this one. I wish I got what you guys were talking about. Because Predator talks with a clicky language, and I run this mouth to click algorithm over our audio because our mouths make a lot of little clicky noises. Oh, (laughs) like every recording, like it, it eliminates like depending on the person, anywhere from. 900 to 5,000 clicks. I feel like I'm a clicky person. Am I one of the clicky people, Daniel? You're not. Oh, dang. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, so you're the power armor. Unless you intentionally made that hole of a sufficient size, you you might not be able to fit back through it very easily. You might have to expand it. But you have a bulkhead. Tamara knew what she was looking for. I think it's safe to say that she's... If she knew that there was power armor in an armory, she's not going to be thinking about... Coming out without power armor. Yeah, so you can get back out into the hallway if you want to. Yep. I'm going to come out in the hallway and... Uh, I would like to offer you an XP. Well, I'm actually, I would like to not offer you an XP, Daniel. Is this going to be my not no XP one? Yeah. Because I'm doomed? Because it's a one shot and I want it to hurt. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I, I will take it, but I still get to offer one to somebody else. Okay, who do you so... want to give it to? I am going to give it to Stella. Okay. Thank you, Dan. So as you try to sort of get back through, once you emerge completely into the med bay, the settler once again snaps up and screams and says, it hurts, it hurts, demon. And the settler is looking right at you. Demon, help me. Help me before you return to the void. Help me before we are punished again. What kind of punishment are you talking about? It burns. I feel cool. And the uh, <laughs> settlers, once again, whipcord tight, screams and thrashes and tries to escape its bonds. Or I guess we won't disassociate from the settler. Yeah, Tamara is going to walk. Is this, uh, does the settler have an obvious gender of one way or the other? Yeah, it's a male settler. He's a man person. Okay. Tomorrow's going to walk over and attempt to knock this person out with her power fist. Okay. Knock him unconscious. Make it a, try to hit a uh, 12, might. 12? Okay. 17. 
And that's extra damage, right? But yeah, it's plus one on top of my six. So would you like to train trade damage for effect to knock it out? Like, are you trying to do seven damage or are you just trying to knock them out? No, I'm just trying to knock them out. The settler out. Okay. So you do so. I'm just going to fall back on they, them. I think that's going to be easier. Yeah, (laughs) it it feels right for the settler, actually. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I've knocked them out. They collapse. Mm -hmm. I uh, make sure the restraints are tightened. If they've loosened up a little bit, I'm going to retighten them. Yeah, you do realize they have loosened up, so uh, you cinch them down. Okay. I'm going to head out to the hallway. Okay. Give me a perception of 15. Okay, I'm trained in perception. And I'll spend some intellect for that. So it's a nine. That's a natural one. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Come to the show. My God, I don't know what to do with this. This gift has been bestowed upon you. He accidentally strangles the settler with straps. <laughs> Squashes them with the power armor. Yeah. For your next perception-based task, we're just going to hinder you. That's very generous. Mm-hmm. Is it? Now I feel like I'm doing something wrong. Daniel would be meaner, but I'm not going to be. All right. Don't show your hand. <laughs> okay. You're always in the right. You're the DM. Be strong. Show no weakness. <laughs> Welcome to Toxic Masculinity DM Hour. I am your host, Stacey Babtag. <laughs> <laughs> I just meant like, don't drop character. I didn't need to make it a thing. Don't what? Don't drop character. You know, like your DM face. Like, Can you keep my game face on? Yeah. Gotta get your, get your head in the game. It's too late, guys. I'm still Stace. Still the same person that I've been this whole time. All right. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. You don't... See or hear anything particular. What do you want to do? At this point, given the time I spent in there, would I hear, no, there's another bulkhead in between me and the engine room. So there's no way I would see what Stell is doing. I'm on the upper floor anyway. Oh, that's right. You're on the upper floor. Do I hear any noises or anything like that? I'm just thinking about like, not that I'm not trying to mix character. I'm trying to figure out would, is there a reasonable chance that Tamara would hear something from what we know that, Mox is doing. No, that was what the perception check was for. Oh, okay. Then that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Totally fine. Yeah, I don't. Okay. Well, I'm here. I am going to make my way to the bulkhead near the rear because I'm going to try to get to the backup CIC. Okay. Or aft, as it were. To the aft, yes. So, okay. So you approach that bulkhead. There's specimen storage to your right, which is sort of a well-secured storage room. You don't often go in there. And and the bulkhead directly in front of you. So you've got a good handle on your monomolecular blade and how to cut through. So it's a 12 to start for a repeat task. We'll drop it to a 9 to cut through this bulkhead. But it's still going to take you some time. Okay. What am I rolling for against? What, What pool? Um... Hmm, speed, I think. Okay. And that's a nine, you said? Yeah. I'm just going to roll. That's a seven. Nice. Mm. Okay, so I was wrong. Practicing on the wall didn't really help you with the bulkhead so much. You are not making good progress. This is going to take a long Mm -hmm. time before you can get through this particular bulkhead. And you realize that very quickly. Mm. Then if it's going to take a long time, Tamara is going to head the opposite direction and she's going to be thinking about ways that she might be able to reach the bridge 
So she's probably going to head back in the direction of the survey array just because maybe she can get into there and she'll know about the hatch that can get her up to the bridge. Oh, yeah. Tamara would definitely know about that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so you head that way. Uh, There is a bulkhead there. You can attempt to cut through that bulkhead door or try a different approach. I'm going to try to cut through that door. Okay. Go ahead and give me a 12 speed for this one because your experience wasn't helpful. Okay. Actually, before I do that, I'm actually going to spend a cipher. Ooh. I'm going to spend perfection, which means this cutting is with as if I got a natural 20. Hell yeah. So you can have your major effect. Like, this isn't your major effect, but I imagine that Tamara cut, like, a perfect Tamara's in power armor, like, <laughs> cut out. Like, yeah. To get through yeah. the story. All right, what do you... Oh, for sure. It's that. I would say that because it's a major effect, I would suggest that I managed to get through it and open it just as Mox and what's-his-name are about to start their process on the door. Okay. And it it opens in time, and I'm also going to say I don't make an enormous amount of noise doing it. That's perfectly fine. So you're just going to scare more poop out of Birdie, huh? Yeah, Birdie can poop some more. So you cut it out, and then you sort of pick it up and move it instead of letting it, it fall. Mm-hmm. All right, so you're inside. You're with Birdie. You're with Mox. And the dead body. Mox, what the hell's going on? Um, It seems like all of the settlers went crazy, and they woke up, and now they're just trying to kill everybody and just insane, and Birdie shit himself. I just don't feel like that's the key piece of information here. Tamara. Would you like to explain what the smell is? Again, Birdie? This is what we've talked about before. <sighs> Listen, get scared. I shit my pants. (laughs) Okay, so Mox, yeah, there is a crazy person in the med bay, by the way. I've got them tied up. They should be fine. They'll be asleep for a little while. Don't worry, Birdie killed the other crazy one. Something tells me there's not just two crazy ones. I mean, how many settlers were we transporting, by the way? And they probably all have, like, the neurological damage that made them go crazy, and now we're just going to have to kill them all, and... Show them off into space and oopsie doodle. We lost the passengers. Happens all the time. I'm inclined to agree. How many passengers were we transporting? 24. Okay. So best case scenario is that we've got 24 crazy people, one of which we know is dead and one of which who is tied up. So we've got at least 22 crazy people running rampant through the ship somewhere. You've been to the armory. Do we have any more weapons? There are some pulse rifles and some grenades, a few needlers, but not much else that's hardcore. Somebody else already took some of the power armor. So potentially one of the 22 remaining crazies is in power armor. That could be, because I didn't see any other holes or anything like that. So whoever got it, got it pre-lockdown. Yeah, that's what I'm finding out from Birdie. The crazies got out before lockdown and then somehow initiated lockdown. Yeah. Have you heard from anybody else? No, just the SOS signal going through the comms. We're going to go see if it's coming from the comms array. I'm game if you want to come with me. I've had some luck cutting through the bulkheads or at least the walls around them. So I guess we're going to find Stella. We're going to see who else is alive and 
We're going to go kill some colonizers. That sounds good. I mean... Okay. So Mox and Tamara have reunited. Stella. Hello. I'm going to turn to you, and I would like to offer you an intrusion. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'll take it. Who are you giving the other XP to? Body Tamara that gave you one already. Yeah, cut Mox out. Tamara has the power armor, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I am going to give it to Mox, just so... Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> again, you have power on. Okay. All right. So, Stella, hey. as someone who loves the void and is a friend of the void and has spent perhaps at times too much time out in the void, you realize as a wave of dizziness and lightheadedness comes over you that the air supply within the vessel is starting to get low. Uh, and I realize that as I'm getting through the bulkhead I'm cutting through? Yes. Okay. Fuck. Question, what's the backup CIC? What does that mean? That's just like the backup bridge. It's a smaller area, but it has secondary controls for the rest of the ship. Okay. Are you looking through the coal you've cut in the bulkhead? Yes. Okay. So do you look through the hole? You don't see anybody out in that part of the hallway. You can see, I assume the door's kind of low for efficiency, mm-hmm. or, okay. You can see the shuttle bay door is bulkheaded up. You can see that this, the backup command and control module is bulkheaded up. Okay. Shuttle bay or cargo bay? Because I'm on top floor. Oh, sorry. Cargo bay. Wait. Yes. Gave Samson a map. It's your own fault. <laughs> <laughs> it is my fault. But you, you guys would know the shit. Like, you work down this place, though. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're losing air. Mm-hmm. I can do about that. So you're losing air. You would know that you have a lot of options. First of all, you know where the life support systems mm-hmm. are located. You also know that throughout the ship in various emergency lockers, there are breathers near the airlocks. There are spacesuits. So you do have various resources to, to get additional air. At least personally. Okay. So life supports, does the green square mean that it's like in the floor, like between levels? It means it's in the ceiling. In the ceiling. Okay. Well. In like a crawl space. All right. I guess I'm going to, now that I've opened the door out, I'm going to go back in and I guess check the life support, see if that's the life support failing or if there's a hole somewhere in the ship. Okay. So the ladder to the life support system is easily accessible. You get up there, and you take a look. I do that. Go ahead and give me a 12 intellect to diagnose the life support system. Spacecraft maintenance on this? Yeah. All right. That's a 9, and I get a 17. Okay. So as you look at the life support system, you can sort of hear the you know, the sound that any sort of machine makes. And you realize that the thrum of the life support system is just a little bit quieter than usual. You also notice that the yellow running lights have started to dim. So you realize that the actual problem is not the life support system. The actual problem is that the ship is getting low on battery power. Okay. So life support is run out of juice. Got it. Right, I'm going to hop out of the ceiling and then, I guess, take another look at the power plant. Does the damage on the power plant look like something I could fix? 
quickly, just a cur- cursory glance, or is it like that bad? It's like this is. It's going to take some time to figure out exactly what can still is damaged, what would still work, and what needs to be replaced. Okay, more time than we have air. So a spacesuit has something like eight hours of air when it's full. Okay. A breather, I think, has four hours of air. So no. No, meaning I don't have the time to fix it. You would if you got a breather or a spacesuit. And for interior work, you would want a breather. Okay. So it's, it's essentially like an oxygen tank. Right, right. All right, so I'm going to grab a breather, head out to the hallway I cut a hole into, and then do like a on the bulkhead, assuming on the other side tomorrow. Like, I, would I know that that's where like tomorrow would be? In the uh, common crew area? No. But as you enter the hallway, you hear the static on your comm. Through it, you hear a voice say, lift the lockdown. And then in response, you hear your captain's voice say, over my dead body. And then it settles back into the SOS signal. And that's where we're going to end this episode. Mm, shit. Oh, shit. Fuck. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to... All right, so actually, I Daniel, you're the one I want to hear from. What was awesome for you or for Tamara during this episode? Getting into the armory and, like, getting at the equipment. Like, Tamara's pretty resourceful anyway, but her managing to reach the armory and get the stuff that allow her to do what she's best at, that was pretty cool. And then also being able to get mocks out of her situation after I'd acquired that, like being able to sort of That's impressive. You know, regroup with at least part of the team. Poor Stella is in the back of the ship and nobody has reached her yet, but I that was pretty cool. Cool. And honestly I love any time that I can shame you guys for killing tomorrow. Listen. <laughs> that was hilarious. Some of us feel great shame. Do you? Well but then uh, yeah, until I remember that she was trying to kill Dix, but this isn't about me. <laughs> <laughs> this is about the listeners who love our show. And Daniel, what's the best thing that a listener could do for us if they love our show? Well, there are a couple ways that they could reach out to us to start with that we'd love to hear from you. You could go to our website at explorerswanted.fm. You can reach out to us via Twitter. We're at Explorers Wanted. We're on Instagram at Explorers Wanted Podcast or Facebook at Explorers Wanted Podcast. And if you wanted to be able to provide us with some direct support, you could back our Patreon at Explorers Wanted on Patreon. But honestly, we'd love to hear from you. Your feedback gives us life. You know, obviously, if you can't back us financially, we understand as these are tough times. But so in those cases, the best thing that you could do for us, honestly, at this stage in our podcast existence, or really for any podcast that you love, is to tell a friend about us. Tell them what you liked about the show and why they should listen to it. The second best thing you could do for us is leave us a five-star rating and review on a podcast directory, specifically Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser. Those have the most impact for us, and honestly... From a selfish standpoint, they're the only ones that we can really monitor effectively. <laughs> so it'd be awesome if you could leave that. It makes a huge difference for people trying us out. There are so many actual plays out there right now, and 
those reviews make all the difference in us finding an audience. If you didn't like the podcast for some reason, like if you were annoyed or you didn't like that we were in space now for some strange reason or for whatever reason, whatever issue it is that you personally have that you're taking out on us, I think it's time to tell you something important. And it's a truth of the universe that we are made up of star stuff, that the remnants of supernovas were the debris that became everything around us. So it's only fitting that we're fascinated with the stars and have looked at the night sky and dreamt of exploration since our earliest civilizations. In fact, if the night is clear and cool, you may choose to go out tonight and have a look at those distant lights twinkling at you from the far past. But don't look too deeply. After all, we are made of star stuff, but someday the stars will take it back. Which is like real deep. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to reach out to us individually on social media, you can. You can find me on Twitter at Anderlik, A-N-D-R-L-I-K. You can find me at Stace Windu on Twitter. You can criticize my Russian accent at Slam Potato. You can tell me if you want more of these one shots at Realty Unicorn on Twitter. And you can see random pictures on Instagram by me at Tea with a Unicorn. Cool. Well, I hope that you enjoyed this episode and spending some time in outer space with us. Have a good night, day, weekend, solstice, whatever. And bye. bye.